Hi, I'm Jodie and I'm a success and leadership coach, a self-improvement author and presenter and wellness entrepreneur. And this is my new podcast series called She's Electric. I'm meeting the most incredibly powerful, trailblazing female leaders. And you'll hear everything from their career milestones to the worst problems that they've faced along their road for success. My intention with this is so that you know and you feel with absolute certainty that there's nothing that you cannot overcome along your road for success. In this episode, I'm hanging out with my lovely friend, Annie Clark. Annie is an East London-based yoga teacher, author and founder of lifestyle and wellbeing blog, Mind Body Bowl. She's been named by Women's Health as one of the top five fitness stars of 2017. And she brings a holistic approach to the ever-growing wellness scene. Alongside Annie's first book, published in February 2017, she continues to host, teach, cook, and speak about her practice throughout events of all sizes. She's got a focus on deepening the practice of yoga through international retreats, and a practice based on modern translation of traditional philosophy. Annie's focus is on breaking down the barriers to yoga and mindful living both on and off the mat. So I hope you enjoy the next half an hour or so and if you do please subscribe, rate, review, share and comment in the relevant section of your podcast app and do check out the show notes and learn more about me on my website jodyshield.co.uk. So have a listen, get inspired, and be electric. We are absolutely laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing my head off right now. <laughs> I am joined by the lovely Annie Clark. Hi. And Annie has just completely <laughs> changed my life. And I'm going to tell you guys, you may have noticed that the last podcast episode that I released was slightly muted with the sound, and I could not work it out, and... My brother, who's the producer on these podcasts, was really frustrated with me and I couldn't work it out, couldn't work it out. And Annie has just sat down for two minutes and literally moved a couple of wires around and completely transformed the sound. I like to think it was teamwork. (laughs) We did it together. (laughs) So I'm joined by the lovely Annie, as I said a moment ago. Um, Annie and I have been friends for a good few years now, haven't we? And we haven't seen each other for how long has it been, do you think? At least six months, probably. Properly. Six months. Since, definitely since I got, well, before I got married. When was that? What month was that? That was October. October, yeah. So that seems about right. I think it was probably just before then. Yeah. Mm. Um, And, I mean, I've always loved you because we've always had that really great energetic Mm. connection. And I was thinking back before this interview um, of the last time where we collaborated on something. Do you remember me coming around to your flat and we did those videos? Totally. And do you know what? It's like such full circle. Yesterday I moved into a flat uh, on the same building but a road behind where that was. So I left that, I left that place 18 months ago or something. Wow. And I've just moved back in and now here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so can you tell us where your travels have taken you for the last six months because I feel like I've got so much to catch up on. I know, we, we do, definitely. I'll, st- I'll try my best. So I got back from um, Bali 
uh, about a week or so ago. I guess it depends when, when somebody's listening to the podcast, but from now, about a week ago, where I was teaching a retreat. Um, so I host a couple of retreats every year and I try to make sure that they're in different places. Um, so some sort of more long haul from the UK, some in the UK, just to make sure that um, there's different offerings for different people. Um, but the one that I do in sort of January, February is totally selfishly long haul to give myself a bit of sunshine to bring into the new year. Um, so I was in Bali with a beautiful small group of women um, and we, yeah, we had a wonderful time. Was that the picture that you posted on your Instagram um, and there was like a room that was overlooking this, it was in the, either in a tree house or it yeah. was... So the whole resort was um, basically based on bamboo architecture. So it was mainly ba uh, made out of bamboo and um, a very sustainable approach to the whole way that they run the whole, the whole hotel there, um, which, is, which is a really lovely place to take guests. Um, but it was pretty magical. It's sort of in the jungle. There were all these river pools. And yeah, I didn't need to be there. It sold itself, really. <laughs> so I think they'd have had a good time without the yoga. <laughs> Can I, can I just ask you a question? Because there'll be many people listening that haven't been on a yoga retreat before. Mm. And can you explain the benefit of getting out of your home environment and taking yourself off for a week or two weeks? Um, what are the benefits of, kind of, of doing that and being in a new place? I think there, was, there are so many. And one of the hesitations that a lot of people have, or the common sort of comments, is that, you know, oh, it's all very well when you're on a retreat, but then you come back to the real world and, um, and it all just disappears. And that's not a reason to not do it in the first place, because what I feel like we do on retreat, we do lots of different things, but um, it's not just about getting the opportunity to practice yoga a couple of times a day, it's about the community that we create and the space that we take from, um, from our day-to-day -day lives. You know, it's just like taking a holiday, but with a more kind of conscious intention of growth, really, uh, and community. And that's what I really love to do is to sort of hold space for people to explore that for themselves. And so um, retreats can be so different depending on who's, who's teaching them, who's putting them on. But I really try to create a relaxed environment. You know, everything is an offering. Um, if you want something that's more, you know, more formalized, you can go places where you have to be at every part of the schedule. But um, uh, I find that a bit more sort of boot campy, which suits some people, but it's not quite does it's not quite my offering. Um, and I just love to give people the space to just um, step back and be, because when you are at home, it's like you know, I share YouTube practices of yoga, and lots of people do those at home. But I've always found, for me, that doing anything at home means that we are totally um, at risk of being distracted by our regular um, distractions. And so by taking people out of that space or enabling people to take themselves out of that space, it, um, it really does give them the opportunity to just be because there's nothing, there's really nothing that they need to do. And there's something very magic about being in that space and it usually takes people a little time to soften into. Um, 
and so it gets a bit juicier as the week goes on um, and they really start to sort of surrender um, the need to, to be busy all the time. Um, but there's, it's incredibly inspiring and the amount of creativity that comes out of that place, you know, I just, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I just had a long, long email from one of the beautiful women who was on the retreat with me last week and about sort of what she's discovered, not necessarily just on the retreat, the retreat, but as she's taken some of our explorations kind of off that experience and into back you know back to her day to day Um, because it gave her the space to actually breathe and just and take a step back and you know I've made loads of decisions which felt like really really big decisions when I was in in the thick of it back home just by stepping back and and so I like to offer that to people or whatever else it is that they're looking for. Mm. Awesome. Well, listen, um, you're talking about journeys and being on the journey. Where did this begin for you? Because I know there's going to be so many people that haven't encountered you before. Mm. So tell me about your story. Well, I, I came to the place of being a yoga teacher really through uh, gaining interest in, uh, in well-being as a whole. Um, So when I left university, I I used to run club nights and, you know, I wasn't the, I wasn't always the last one on the dance floor, but I definitely had a lifestyle that um, was very different to my lifestyle now. And I, but I still thought I looked after myself. And that's the, the, the crazy thing is that I was one of, I was one of the healthy students or so I thought. Um, and I had all of these food intolerances that I kind of I knew about and tried to tried to do my best with, but wasn't particularly committed to resolving. And then over time, I built up such a state of inflammation in my body that every time I ate, my body kind of shut down. I had to sleep for a couple of hours, and I was just constantly in pain. And um, what were you eating at the time? Just like a, a normal diet, quite a lot of pasta and cheese, but vegetables and sweet things and savoury things and hummus and carrot sticks and and carrot cake and, you know, just, just a normal person. I was just eating a bit of everything. Um, not huge amounts of dairy other than the cheese. That was a, that was a big thing at the time. Um, but my whole body for various different reasons, and, you know, we were students, we drank a lot, we um, slept less than we should and um, and somehow you had the energy to go out the next night as well. Um, but, you know, we... But I still got up and went to the gym. And so I couldn't quite figure out what was going on when I was just so drained every time I ate. And um, eventually I got to the point where it just wasn't, it wasn't possible, it didn't feel possible to go on living like that anymore. And I really had to do something. So kind of overnight, I decided um, to totally overhaul my entire lifestyle. Um, so I'd finished university. I cut out 90% of the food groups or the foods that I was eating um, and was doing, you know, was exercising and trying to understand my body a bit better. And within six weeks, I felt like a new person. Um, But everything that I was doing felt quite extreme and I wasn't in this to 
you know, to lose weight or to, I just wanted to feel good. Mm. Um, and I don't think I realised how bad I felt until I started feeling good. Um, and so it happened very quickly. And so I kind of carried on and started to explore where I had a bit more flexibility. And as the general inflammation of my body decreased, I had a bit more flexibility because I wasn't being irritated by everything and anything that I'd eat. Um, but throughout this, kind of all these changes, I was getting more and more interested in yoga. Um, and I kept going back and I couldn't work out why. And I just kept going back, kept going back, kept going back. And I had a job and I was um, really enjoying my job, working in well-being, and, um, and then the, the role was about to change and I could sort of choose to hang around in a role that I didn't want or, sort of, or take a redundancy package, basically, um, for want of a better word. And, um, and that bought me a little bit of time and I suddenly got to the end of this time. I was thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to get a proper job. Um, and spent the last of my savings on doing a yoga teacher training and it's the most cliche thing and I cringe a bit every time I say it or I cringe a bit less every time I say it because I'm starting to own it a bit more but it was the first time that I was like oh this is my thing mm. and the first day at teacher training I was like maybe I, you know I don't think I'm here just for me anymore which was totally my intention I was like I think I think there's something bigger than that with this and in the meantime, I'd had a blog and been offered um, to write a book. And I kind of wanted to keep going and have the freedom to explore those things. Um, so I got back and jumped straight into teaching too many classes <laughs> to begin with, but straight into teaching. Um, and really kind of learn, I always think of trainings as, as having stabilizers, like training wheels on a bike. Um, and then you sort of leave the training and that's how when you really learn to ride your bike. Um, and then I spent, yeah, the next few years and then continuing to do so, kind of learning to ride that bike and just enjoying where that takes me. And I think the most amazing thing is through that, I've, you know, if I look back, I don't know how many years now, five, six years, thinking of how I felt then, I'd have never thought that a tool like yoga would be the thread that pulled me into feeling how I feel now. But the awareness that it's given me about myself, but also myself in relation to everything and everyone else and the planet and sustainability and all these things has totally transformed my life mm. um, and the way I think about everything. Amazing. Wow. Sounds like such an amazing journey. And I don't feel like it's cliche at all because I can so relate to that. And I'm sure many people listening can relate to that moment where they step away from this corporate career or they get a job promotion in a corporate career and they suddenly feel like they're much more in alignment with themselves. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. And so you've had quite a few shifts and twists and turns mm. along your journey, which is really interesting. Has there been anybody in particular at different pockets of that journey that you felt really inspired by and why? Well, when I was, so in that, um, the sort of turning point where I, where my job came to an end, it was working for um, Ella at Deliciously Ella. And she, who grew to be, as you know, one of, you know, my closest friends. Mm. And when this shift was happening, I'd sort of, I'd about, 
I don't know, six weeks before, had a sort of conversation with myself and also my mum, I think, and just being like, oh, I want to be the best sort of right-hand girl or the best, you know, I really, really passionately believe in what we're, in what we're doing here. Um, and I didn't see the need to do anything of my own, so I was like, I'm going to park everything and do this. So when this came, when this came up, and and you know, Ella, I'm in hugely grateful for because she's, I mean, it's an amazing thing for a friend to do, but just say to me like, you need to do something for yourself. And having six weeks before sort of made that resolution to myself, I was like, well, what on earth does that look like? You know, I'm so clueless. Um, or I thought I was so clueless, um, but it took, I wouldn't say it took the choice away, but it felt like I was like, well, this is it, I'm being thrown in at the deep end um, and just have to have kind of blind faith. Um, and so I really, I, I feel really grateful that somebody put that initial um, faith in me, but along along the way, I've been incredibly lucky to make to meet some amazing people that have have had my back and have helped me to stay inspired and get inspired. And yeah, there, uh, there's just such a an, an energy, and especially among women. Like I work with women so much, um, and. I never thought I'd be, um, I never thought I'd look up to older women than me and think, you know, wow, that's, that's where I want to be. Um, and that's what I do now. I just, you know, I'm in my late 20s and all my friends that have turned, that are sort of um, in their mid 30s, like if I, if I can be like that in, I don't know, five years time, 10 years time, and that is strong, that's powerful. And so it's not one woman that's done that, it's just women in general, I think, are really, there's just such an energy among the women that I get to meet in my work and in my personal life that just, yeah, inspires me. And building, I've started a women's circle, which is um, the most inspiring thing to take women out of this kind of, um, the way that they feel like they have to behave generally and just let them be truly, authentically themselves. And there's so much strength in there and so much love and compassion. It's like, yeah, that, and that's in, that's in all of us. So it's like seeing the mirror um, in other people and remembering that it that it's, goes both ways. Mm. That sounds so juicy. How can people listening to that get involved with the Women's Circle or find out more about it? Well, at the moment, it's, um, it's among sort of friends and friends of friends. Um, I, the reason that I started them is because I attended one and realised that it was exactly what I do on retreat, but I, we never refer to it as a specific thing. Um, and it's one of my favourite parts on retreat and I thought why am I limiting it to this? So my intention was to sort of bring it home, I had some women around me that I thought could really benefit for it, 
from it. Um, and then over the course of the year, hopefully I'll start to, I'm going to create a second one, um, which will be sort of open to a wider community. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really important to me, because of the community aspect, it's really important to me that it sort of trickles out, um, rather than it being this like, sort of come one and all and come once and never again, you know? I Absolutely. wanted it to really sort of exist as an ongoing force in people's lives. So if you go to Annie's website, which is mindbodybowl.co.uk, you can sign up for her newsletter and yeah. I'm sure there'll be more information about that. I, I think it sounds so juicy. Mm, yeah, I'd love, I'd love for you to come along. I will, I will, I will. Um, there are a couple of things that came out of what you just said and I'd love to, to track back and pick up on them. The first thing was this moment in time where you are having... The, the, there's like this little bit of an awakening happening where you're having the shift, you're working for Ella, you, you, there's something that's coming and yet you have no idea about what you're stepping into. Mm. What advice would you give for anyone in that situation right now? I think the, the thing that I have learned upon sort of reflection and moving forwards, um, and actually I don't know how, I, if I'm honest, I can't remember if that's how I felt at the time. Um, but if I was doing it again and holding my own hand, I just, it's just this trust. It's knowing that everything that we need is in existence within us. Um, and it might sound a little bit sort of yoga teacher airy fairy, but it's, it's just trusting that there is something far greater than ourselves and like the the decisions that we make on a day-to-day -day basis feel so massive if we let them but if we can step back and just lean into the things that are keeping us curious I really trust that we'll end up where we're meant to be um, and actually that there isn't somewhere that would the only place we're meant to be is is now and here and and so much of our time is wasted agonizing over the past or anticipating the future and we've all you know we've all been there and probably all go there a lot um, but the more time that we can be in presence the better our energy is spent i believe and and yeah i think that's being in trust so it's all about trust and those of you that listen to me regularly and follow me on Instagram know that there's nothing that's too out there or woo-woo that I share, so yes. it's so welcome. <laughs> and like, yeah, we here listen to Jodie talk about this all, all day long. It's so beautiful the way that you put that and the way that you so eloquently captured that and it is about trust and as Annie says, you know, um, I'm just to build on what Annie says rather, you, you won't know what's ahead because you haven't created it yet because we create from the present. Mm. And it's such an illusion that the mind makes this assumption that we know what's ahead. So as Annie says, if you can lean into those feelings and be curious about them, they will lead you to where you're wanting to go. There was something else that came out and there's so much good stuff that I want to ask you. <laughs> We, Annie and I are having a chat just before the, the interview and it, you know, I, I actually really love talking to people like you with an amazing um, social media influence and platform because I think it's so positive to have that um, and I know that you use it in such a positive and um, inspirational way and I've been asking a lot of influencers that I've been interviewing about working with brands and how 
to find your way with that mm. and how to come out of that in a way that feels really authentic and aligned and, and it feels seamless and it feels smooth and you feel really good sharing about the brand. Mm. So I don't know if you want to, you know, I think it's such a juicy topic at the moment and those of you that are listening will have heard me mention in my um, previous interview with Tess, aka Paleo Girl, about how the ASA have brought in so many new regulations around gifts, hashtag gift, hashtag ad, and it's a uh, on the one hand, really, you know, it's it's important that the industry is regulated. On the other hand, when people like you, who will only, I'm guessing, work with brands when you feel a true alignment. So talk to me about how you're navigating your way through this process and, and, and how, yeah, and, and, and just yeah, talk talk to whatever comes up. I'd love to get your insight on it. I... It's, it's a funny one because, as we were saying um, before we recorded, I, I never intended um, to make a living the way that I do. And it's really important to me that I, um, it, you know, if the internet went away tomorrow or Instagram went away tomorrow... Which could happen. Which could happen. That there was that that my value still existed or that my my um my role uh, still existed and i think it's been really challenging because i feel like you know back in the day when it was all very very new we're not talking like back in the day i don't know 60 years ago we're talking about probably about six yeah and which is hardly any time it, hardly any all. time and there was such a small, particularly in London, there was such a small group of women doing this, um, who were even sort of online and engaging in this sort of wellness community in London was so small. Um, and, you know, we'd, that's probably how we first really connected is that we'd always all be at the same things. And, um, and it was wonderful, but I don't think anyone really, or very few people at that time, had an intention or knew that there was a possibility of it becoming such a big part of each of our lives and each of our um, careers. And the thing that I sort of struggled with, is, have struggled with more recently, is that I just totally went with it. And I was like, well, this is, this is working. I can put food on my table and pay my rent and um, do what I love. But what I didn't quite look over my shoulder at was kind of all of these people coming into the space, individuals and brands, with a strategy and with a plan and with the foresight to realise what the potential was of, of these platforms. And, um, and so there I was trying to sort of not, you know, just using the platform authentically, speaking the things that I wanted to share and, and not really thinking too much about it. And all of a sudden, it, to it was totally shifting and became this huge business tool and I sort of left a bit behind. I don't, not left behind, but just I kind of just didn't take much notice of it. And so it's been an interesting thing now because the... There is much higher risk to authenticity than there used to be. Because the more opportunity, the more money, the more visibility there is, the 
harder it is to make decisions purely based on your authentic yes. And one thing um, that I, so I have tried to just bring in an ethos. I work, work a lot with feeling. And while I'm trying to take myself and my business more seriously, um, the, the guiding thing among that for me is um, nothing is worth compromising authenticity ever. Um, the reason that I have any sort of platform is, I believe, because that's kind of, the, that's how it came about in the first place. It's just using it as, as me. Um, but what there is, is an opportunity. Now, a lot of the stuff that I share is um, expensive to produce and doesn't create any um, sort of return, you know, directly. So I make a lot of YouTube videos and, you know, even photo um, content to accompany what I try to use my platform to share um, is all very expensive. And so now the choices that I make around brand partnerships are um, guided by two things. So the first one being, you know, do I genuinely enjoy this brand? And luck I'm lucky that most of the time it's brands that I have a previous personal relationship with where I've actually been using the product for a long time um, and and if it's not one of those then I always make sure that I've spent time exploring it first but secondly does does that partnership give me the opportunity to add value to my offerings so for example I just produced a video series for YouTube that was funded by a snack, snack bar collaboration the snack bar that I've been eating for five years, I found them in America when we had nothing over here. Um, and, and that seemed like a win-win. And, you know, to, in order to be able to build my business, those kind of things make a really, really big difference. But they don't make a big enough difference, or they would never be. There's, there's no option for me, in, in my mind and my heart, to let a brand collaboration that I don't truly believe in win me over with a paycheck. And so I think we have to set our own parameters and everyone's entitled to work with that in whatever way they, they feel is right for them. But for me, that's what com the authenticity comes first. And then, and then if I can use it to support my, um, my goals, I'm not, I'm, my goal isn't to be an influencer, but if I can use those relationships to help support those things and, and actually work with, you know, most of the time when ongoing relationships rather than just the one-off things here and there, then I think it's, you know, it's a positive and I try to make sure that my community know that that's kind of the intention behind it. The podcast is all about electricity. <laughs> in, in a female way and I, I love meeting electric men as, as well and, and I'm guessing through your work you've come across many electric women so who when I ask you kind of who would be some electric women that you can share with us do you know what it's, it's really interesting because I get asked a lot about my role models and that kind of thing and if I'm really honest and I used to feel a bit sad about this but I don't have like a woman or a group of women that I really um, think of as my sort of electric women mm. but women in general and we talked about a little bit like this at the beginning 
But when I see, you know, if I'm guiding a class or holding a space and I see someone really step into themselves in like true authenticity, to me, that's electric. And that really lights me up. And I feel like at different times that, you know, in the same with my yoga practice, I, different times I need different teachers. And so I see, I see that electricity coming from so many different people. And I think that's where I, that's what really, really sparks me. Amazing, that's so beautiful. And I think you shared a bit earlier on about how the women in the women's group are really inspiring you. Mm. And it's just, yeah, that's, that's why I really wanted you to, to share that. And I'm, I'm, I've no doubt that Annie will be opening up global women's circles. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Get loads of if more, more talking, more sharing, and more just compassion and, yeah, electricity. Amen to that. Mm. Well, listen, thank you so much for dedicating this time thank with me, you. with us, and thanks so much for being so generous in sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. We'll have to now, off the record, do the same in reverse where I can ask you a million <laughs> questions. <laughs> so finally, where can people find you? Where's the best place for them to get inspired by you? Um, Instagram's a good place to start. I'm at mindbodybowl, or rather with underscores in between. I always forget to mention those um, because from there you can find links to my website which has retreats and things, but most things come first via Instagram. And roughly how many retreats have you got on an annual, annual basis? Three or four a year. This, this year's been a little bit, um, is a little bit last minute compared to, to usual, but over the next couple of weeks there should be, um, should be lots to share. So I've no doubt that Annie has inspired you immensely with her, um, with her discussions about retreats and the importance of going on them. And I know firsthand how fast the spots fill out. So please go and have a look at her website, look at the upcoming retreats and sign yourself up to one. I promise it'll be an amazing, amazing experience. Thank you so much. So that was a lovely Annie who, to my mind, is so in flow and so in tune that simply being in her company has left me feeling super, super zen. If I was you, I would totally check out one of her retreats because I can only imagine how spending a week in her company will shift you to a whole new dimension of self-awareness. Hope you enjoyed this episode of She's Electric. Remember to share it with your friends, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. And I'll be back next time with another electric woman.